Welcome to Paving the Path. I'm your host, Shiva Mirosaini. People know me as a customer experience champion and a digital executive at Fortune 50 companies. I plan on paving the path in my show with women game changers, thought leaders, and executives touching the entire spectrum of digital transformation in healthcare. Join me in exploring the digital renaissance that's shaping healthcare today and forever, changing the future of wellness, care, and health. Hello, everybody. I'm super excited today. My guest today is Ada Glover. She is the chief product officer and co-founder of Zeus Health, a shared health data platform designed to accelerate healthcare inventors by giving them access to immediately usable patient data and enriched workflows. Prior to Zeus, Ada was a product management leader at Athena Health, driving initiatives in value-based care and launching a new revenue cycle service. Ada was also a co-founder and product leader at Zern, an award-winning digital curriculum for kids to learn and love math. She started her career as a consultant with Bain & Company and holds degrees from MIT. Ada, welcome. It's absolutely terrific to have you on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you have arrived at Zeus and in this role and broadly what has attracted you to healthcare? Yeah, Shiva, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed meeting you so recently, uh, and it's really an honor. As you said, I'm Ada Glover, and I lead product for, for Zeus Health. A little bit about my background and sort of how I think about myself and my role. I'm really someone that loves solving problems. I've always been drawn to technology and design, and so product management was sort of the, the right functional role for me. It took a little while to get there, but eventually found it. And one thing that's always been really important is being able to have an impact on sort of systemic challenging issues that really matter to us as a society. And so healthcare is one of these pockets where there are a lot of workflow and data challenges that really sort of draw me in from a from an engineering sort of puzzle perspective. And it's really meaningful. It's something that all of us experience. We can see all of the opportunities for technology to play a meaningful role in improving our collective healthcare experience. Like you said, I I spent a number of years at Athena Health, which is one of you know, the leading cloud-based EHR companies and had an opportunity to work on a number of things across the organization and really get my legs in healthcare through that experience. And then when I was ready for something new, I was really drawn to this new era of digital health innovators that were really trying to bring technology to the forefront the same way that we see many other industries transform. And I really wanted to be a part of that movement. And when I reconnected with Jonathan Bush, who's the former founder CEO of Athena and then the CEO of Zeus, it just seemed like the right opportunity and also the right time because we are at a moment from a technology perspective, from a regulatory perspective, from a market perspective, where we felt like the industry was ready for a digital transformation. That's wonderful. And just for our audience, Jonathan Bush is another magnificent leader, really, in healthcare, breaking down a lot of the status quo kind of ways of operating, really, the old healthcare. And he's a serial entrepreneur, very, very successful 
it's just amazing to see the chain of change really coming from, you know, someone with your background and his background, starting with Athena Hall. You mentioned something really interesting. I mean, the way you worded it out, I think it was perfect. You said systemic challenges that healthcare is really facing. Can you give us a layperson's kind of explanation of what Zeus Health does and your role and why it's different? Yeah, absolutely. So Zeus is building a lot of the technology infrastructure that healthcare needs for a lot of the common workflows and actions to be much more data informed. So like in the rest of our lives, you know, we're fed our optimized Netflix feeds and we have every song we could ever imagine at our fingertips. We can collaborate with anyone that has access to basically any device. But when we go to the doctor, you know, we're given that blank clipboard as if we've never been We've never had healthcare before. And while we're seeing a lot of experience transformation in the digital world, data is not yet really following us. Instead of the clipboard, we're getting sort of a 150-question form that we, we get to fill out on our phones. And so Zeus is really trying to solve that problem by making it easier for healthcare innovators to have access to data but also derive meaning from it and and create workflows that really improve the patient experience and care team efficiency and outcomes. So that's what we're up to. And I think it's a little bit different than what's going on elsewhere for a couple of reasons. So first of all, this, this focus on bringing meaning to data in workflows. So we've seen a lot of sort of analytics oriented efforts out there that are really bringing meaning to sort of population level analytics. And there's a lot of incentives in the industry that make that attractive. But when it comes to the point of care, it's really hard to get data that's not generated in your own system. And often it's very overwhelming for clinicians and their teams to to sift through that data. And so we're really hoping to bridge that gap. And then I think the other piece is we're working with a lot of these cutting-edge digital health innovators that we believe are really paving the way for for the future of healthcare, often focused on longitudinal, sort of more always-on relationships with their patients, using lots of different modalities and a bend towards kind of preventative care. And that's different than potentially partnering with with some of the existing players in, in the industry, although we hope to get there eventually. Yeah, and then my role as chief product officer, so, you know, at a high level, I'm responsible for figuring out what problems we solve for what customers and making sure our solutions sort of have that desired impact, right? What do we build for whom? Practically speaking, I manage our product and design teams, and they work hand in hand with the engineering and commercial side to really figure out what the highest priority problems are for our customers and prospects, build those solutions, test them to make sure they work and make sure that they're brought to market in a way that has the necessary impact. So really thinking about that product development process holistically, and I really love it because I get to think about the business and sort of leverage a lot of my sort of strategic thinking skills but still roll up my sleeves and get pretty close to the engineering side, which is really near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. It's amazing how just listening to you, a lot of the skill sets that has been available to other industries, be retail or travel, are now creeping into or have already creeping into healthcare, you know, product management, digital, mobile experience, kind of human-centered design type of roles 
and skill sets that really didn't quite exist in healthcare, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It's quite a leap. Going with that narrative and the fact that consumers' expectations are evolving all the time, and really those expectations are set, as you mentioned, not by healthcare organizations, but the likes of Netflix, Amazon, and the likes. How do you see this kind of eventually the healthcare model evolving to? What does the future look like for healthcare, ideally? It's a great question. We're starting to see a lot of the transformation sort of at the edges, things that are more consumer-driven, things that are sort of more opt-in or preventative in nature. I think bringing some of those trends to sort of the highest acuity care is probably something that will take quite some time. But I think eventually there are a couple of things. I think one sort of access and putting patients and consumers more in the driver's seat, the same way that we used to have to speak to a bank teller or talk to a travel agent to book travel or transact on our accounts. But today we can do that all ourselves. How can we empower the patient to really interact with her data, communicate with the care team, sort of navigate the system, I think is really important. Maybe the other piece that's interesting, and we'll have to see how it plays out, is sort of the role of both deregionalization, but also choice in healthcare. Today, you've got your local health system, maybe a few smaller practices, but that's sort of the ecosystem that you live in. With digital experiences, you can get much more specific in terms of who you are as a person and the personalization of care, as well as sort of what kind of care you need. And you can see a lot of you know, early stage companies that are popping up or, or more mature ones that are treating a specific condition or focused on a specific population, whether it's care for, you know, a specific Asian American population or, you know, women with PCOS. There are so many sort of niches and you can get care that really fits what you need. The flip side of that is how do you allow all of those sort of thin slices to collaborate and provide continuity the same way that I can use Venmo to pay my friends and still, you know, have direct pay for my credit card? How do you provide that that shared infrastructure that will allow collaboration? And I'm hopeful that, that that's the, the direction that we're moving towards, where you can really find care that's easy to access in the hands of consumers and then also much more niche and, and fits the needs of a specific population. That is so deep and truly groundbreaking. I mean, when I joined Edna a few years back, the social determinants of health was the topic that everyone was covering and still is, by the way. The fact that healthcare is so local and that your zip code really is more definitive of your future health than anything else But you brought up something else that is additive and probably even more transformational is that deregionalization. Because your DNA is your DNA, essentially, right? Irrespective of where you live and what your zip code is. So that deregionalization and that personalization of healthcare is a whole other theme that technology is helping kind of transform and disrupt in a positive way, hopefully. The question that comes to me, though, is one of the challenges to healthcare that unless you're in it, you probably wouldn't realize is all the incentives that payers have, payers, providers, you know, your doctor office, pharmacy, pharmaceutical, they are not necessarily aligned. There are all these different silos. And you mentioned actually that that continuity of health, not just from a consumer perspective or the patient perspective, but also in the ecosystem, we have to somehow get there. 
It's a loaded question, I know, but just curious to get your thoughts. What have you seen that gives you hope in terms of connecting and kind of aligning these different incentives? And what is it still missing and you, you hope to see in, in the future? It's a great question. I think what's given me hope is seeing sort of the growth of value-based care and the way that contracted appropriately, you do start to see incentives align sort of across that stack from the payer to the providers that are taking on risk and you know freeing folks from trying to cram as many appointments in as, as possible and instead have the freedom to really spend time with the patients that need it most and provide treatment asynchronously and not worry about whether they're being compensated and really sort of practice within a broader set of flexibility. I think the other thing that's interesting is, you know, looking at all of the different paths to market that a lot of these digital solutions are are exploring. So there are definitely payers that are bringing, you know, whether it's care management or specific digital programs into their benefit because they see the value and outcomes that are coming out of those. Employers are also starting to sort of play in that space and piece together some of these benefits, some of which are sort of regarded as a traditional healthcare benefit under a plan. And some things are just an add-on, whether it's a one medical membership or fertility benefits, really looking at the continuum. So I think what gives me hope is that there's a lot of experimentation going on to try to figure out who is going to bring the network together, who is going to offer that care navigation across it so that patients can find the care that they need. The incentives are starting to lock into place. Of course, with anything, there's sort of two sides to the coin, right? There's a lot of data required for value-based care to work because you're trying to measure on the basis of quality. You're trying to risk adjust in some cases. And so I think that's the, the other challenge, as well as how do you slice that pie up equally, right? If the patient is seeing 10 different providers if, or you know, a specialist for a discrete period of time to treat a more acute or you know, episodic element, how do you make in in their care, how do you make sure that that is appropriately sort of diced up? And that creates a whole number of, of new incentive challenges. Absolutely. Creating that one glass view of the consumer. I mean, back in the days, right, in the retail, in travel, in banking, same challenges, especially in highly regulated, highly complex ecosystems. We have faced similar issues, I think, with healthcare it's even more complex, but what gives me hope is that a lot of smart people are looking at it and we have overcome a lot of complexities in other industries and a lot of those entrepreneurs and a lot of those investors are coming to healthcare, if not already. And so it's all about your very special skill set, problem solving at the core of it. That gives me hope, truly. More of Ada in the industry. <laughs> Well, I think what was interesting, having been in the education world as well, you almost have a somewhat similar set of challenges, very regional, a lot of disparities, and then also a lot of sort of distance between the sort of end user and the recipient of services and the decision makers, right? You've got superintendents and parents and teachers all sort of trying to navigate what the right best curriculum is, very regulated, just you know, several steps away from the children actually 
trying to learn. And I think there are some parallels to healthcare. And I think those two spaces, you know, are so important for our society, but also both in some ways suffer from getting those incentives aligned and providing both consistency and innovation. So I don't have all the answers, but but definitely interesting based on my background to draw some some parallels there. Absolutely. It's a fabulous time to be in healthcare, in health tech, irrespective of where you are in that ecosystem. I think it, it's, you know, the renaissance of healthcare truly. With that said, coming back to Zeus Health, what's in the work for, you know, the next six to 12 months? So what are you looking forward to? What should we pay attention to? We're still sort of in the early days of building our platform, and I'm focused on a very user-centric approach, really making sure that we're cracking one use case at a time and in the process building a lot of tools that in the long run will be used in so many ways that we can't even imagine. So today we're really focused on the early phases of a patient journey, sort of that onboarding, getting to know you piece, as well as ongoing patient engagement, sort of mini versions of that as you re-engage with your provider. So we're solving things like new patient onboarding, responding to emergent events, what happens if you end up in the hospital or forget to pick up your prescription? How can, can somebody intervene in those moments? And for each one, we're going deep on how to take the sea of data relevant to that problem, that job to be done, and derive meaning from it. So, you know, an example is You may have hundreds or for some patients, even thousands of data points regarding your medications, every pickup, every prescription, every sort of administration, so on and so forth. How do we distill that down into the medications that we should talk about in our first visit that we need to double check and have a conversation about? That's a lot of work. We're really taking on problems like that and inventing the workflows that exist in a world where you have access to that kind of meaningful data because those may not be out there yet. The other thing we're starting to test the waters on and prove out is like, what does it look like to collaborate across some of these organizations? What happens when your care team spans not just one digital health provider, but maybe somebody outside the digital health ecosystem or within it. Right. That's super helpful. Is it worth giving an example? I don't know if you want to talk about the partnership with Firefly or any other kind of in that ecosystem working with Zeus to bring that vision home. Yeah, I can talk a little. So Firefly is definitely an example of someone that we're working with and they're providing longitudinal virtual first primary care So with them, we're looking at their onboarding experience, really trying to streamline it, make it much more informed and provide efficiency to their care team as well, right? How do they spend that first visit and the time leading up to prep for it in meaningful, personalized conversation relationship building instead of data gathering? We're looking at that. We're also sort of exploring what does it look like when they refer a patient to somebody outside their practice, whether it's somebody sort of in their network, another digital health provider, so on and so forth. So they're great because they're a primary care provider, and then they're also starting to offer a full benefit as a plan, which gives them that broader sort of network perspective. And then there are a handful of other organizations, some in primary care similar to them, a lot that are more sort of specialty focused, that are constantly sort of trying to figure out that patient acquisition and then ongoing engagement problem. 
as well as what does it look like to communicate back to the PCP? What does it look like for them to coordinate with another specialist that might be behind one of the medications on that med list and ensure the patient is adhering and has any necessary adjustments made? Salute to the day that we can have more of that seamless experience. I'm pretty sure that many in our audience can think of episodes where you had to either wait in line to fill up that form or there was a lot of phone calls back and forth to the doctor's office to just get clarification between appointments or referrals in this day and age, honestly. Yeah, those are table stakes, really. It's it's such an honor, honestly, Ada, for someone like yourself to bring such a different insight and such a different skill set to really solve some of these very complex problems. As you go about your days, though, I guess I'm curious, where do you draw inspiration for the work that you do from other industries or other, I guess, trends or places that you look at, read about, podcasts, books for our audience? First and foremost, I draw inspiration from sort of our customers, prospects, the digital health community, and the users. I think as a product person, I'm always trying to get as close as possible to walking a mile in their shoes and really understand what's happening in their world, what's annoying, what risks are they afraid of. Something might be easy, but if it's not approved for my from my hospital for me to be allowed to use it, I can't use it, right? So balancing some of those risks and I think really getting in their shoes and in their heads, I think is very, very important. That's where it starts, especially with some of the, the innovative folks that we're, we're working with. I think beyond that, there's sort of a lot of inspiration that I take from the technology platform world. So looking at companies like Stripe and Plaid and what they've done for the fintech world and how they've really enabled innovation how they've grown, how they've started in sort of small pockets. I think also looking at a lot of the collaborative sort of work tools space. So we're also accustomed these days to Google Docs and Slack and a lot of these innovative collaboration platforms, Figma, right? They're doing really cool things to allow designers and creative folks to collaborate real time. We've gotten used to that, but it's really worth appreciating And then I think the other piece from more of a consumer perspective is looking at kind of e-commerce and fintech as well, both based on sort of the the breadth of innovation uh, that those spaces have opened up to, also the consumer centricity uh, and how things are also stitched together in the background. So the fact that I can, you know, buy a hand-dyed scarf from a specific sort of creator on Shopify, but at the same time, my account and my credit card and my transactions are stitched together in the background. I think that balance is, is really inspiring. So really looking all around and I go through spouts of of listening to a lot of healthcare podcasts and and really going deep into healthcare and then taking a little bit of a break and trying to look beyond. So one of the classics that I've always enjoyed listening to is is how I built this. Uh, That's always a a great oldie but goodie. And then Andy Slavitt started a podcast called In the Bubble during COVID. And I found that to be really interesting because while he did speak to a lot of healthcare leaders, some digital as well, there's a really well-rounded perspective ranging from like, you know, entertainment figures to politicians. Uh, and I really enjoyed getting sort of a more comprehensive view of healthcare because I've grown up on the technology side. Uh, so I've always really enjoyed that. 
This is so awesome. I bet there are people in the audience that are thinking, well, we want to find her, we want to follow her. Where can we find you? I mean, I, I know where to find you, but for the rest of us. Yeah, so probably the easiest is our company website. So it's zeushealthzus.com. And there's a form up there that you could reach out, particularly for folks that might be interested in learning more about Zeus. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. So folks want to reach out, uh, I, I do my best to keep up there. So I look forward to, to hearing from some of your audience. Thank you so much, Ada, for your time. I learned so much every time I speak with you. It's absolutely an honor to have you on this show. Thank you so much for gracing you know, with your time and your presence and answering the questions, bringing such a rich point of view to the conversation. For our audience, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure to be with you and we wish you a great rest of the day. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again.